0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever the podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. I'm Jamison. and I'm the Genius, talking about Week 15. That's right, we are in the playoffs. Game last night between the Chargers and the Raiders. We're going to talk about that game a little bit last night. And we're also going to break down each and every game this upcoming weekend as we continue to press along and hopefully bring home those trophies in your fantasy leagues. Again, if you have not secured your trophy yet and you still need that help, Mastermind chat is available on our, on our website, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. And this week I am answering all questions. I had some uh, fun interaction with you guys via Instagram last night, um, talking about my favorite Christmas time movies. So I decided to open it up and give everybody any questions you have for fantasy football, I will answer them this week and next week as well. If you've not done so already, please give us a follow. We are at Genius on Twitter, and we are at Fantasy underscore Genius underscore on Instagram, and our website is always www.FantasyFootballGenius.com, where winning isn't everything. It's the genius thing. Hopefully, we can bring home those trophies that we talked about, uh, big games this weekend. Last night started off with the Chargers and the Raiders. Pretty good matchup for what it looked like maybe a, a, an injury-prone game. A lot of Chargers were questionable to play play in that game, didn't look like um, we're going to see Mike Williams or Keenan Allen in that matchup last night. Both did play, had very little, if any, impact in the game. Williams only two catches, 22 yards. Keenan Allen a single catch for 17 yards. So both players likely did not get the job done. And as I talked about in the uh, on the, uh, um, on Instagram last night, I only viewed Austin Eckler, um, of the players that were kind of coming come up, banged, banged up, and we thought maybe would uh, – Maybe have a limited role. Um, I thought he'd have a little bit, little bit of a bigger role than he did last night, so I thought Eckler was an automatic start for me. I thought Keenan Allen was a wide receiver, too. Low-end wide receiver, too, at that for the most part. And I really was not um, anxious or happy to start him. I thought there was very much a path for a fail last night, and we did see that. Yes, he did yell into the camera saying, don't sit me. But again, that hamstring injury uh, with nothing to play for, it just kind of worried me with Keenan Allen, and it showed last night that he did not get the job done. If you started him, you're likely sitting behind the eight ball and not looking good to move on to the next round. Hopefully you can overcome that if you did start Keenan Allen. Hopefully you did uh, have other options and you were able to bench him if you did have Keenan Allen. Um, And if if you didn't have him, didn't matter. didn't have to worry about it. But as for Mike Williams, I didn't think he was a start in the first place, no matter what. Uh, Adding the injury, I just did not think that he, he, he was a safe pick. There's a lot of other Options I would rather have than Mike Williams. So hopefully you were not stuck having to start Mark, Mike Williams. But again, last night for the Chargers side of things, really the only player that really kind of had success that kind of put you over the top if you did start him last week um, in, in this week was Justin Herbert, the fantastic rookie, uh, comes into Chargers and having a phenomenal rookie season. Once he stepped in for Tyrod Taylor way back when, uh, having a ph- phenomenal year, uh, nice mat- nice game last night, 314 yards, two scores, and along with another rushing touchdown as well. So big game out of Justin Herbert, and also we saw a big game out of Hunter Henry, the tight end, which is another player that I, that I really liked last night. Heading into the game, I thought Henry would have a a, a big role in this in this lineup. And again, I thought Eckler would have a bigger role. I wish he would have got a couple of those goal line carries that went to Balage. But again, maybe he, he was a little more banged up than we than we originally thought. He did have that Q label next to him um, heading into the game, but I just didn't think that it was going to affect him in that matchup. So I, he did not fail by any means. He wasn't a, a, a total bust by any any stretch of the imagination. But he definitely did not get you off on the right foot if you did start Eckler, which I have in quite a few leagues. But again, I didn't think he busted. He didn't have a. He had a, probably a subpar type of game, a uh, little bit little below his average uh, type of matchup. Didn't get in the end zone. Uh, only 60 yards rushing. Not very many. Uh, uh, receptions, only four catches, only 19 yards. So not really a, a, a great game. Wasn't a complete bust, but by m- no means was a player that you feel happy with heading into your Week 15 matchups in the postseason. But I think we can overcome Eckler. Overcoming someone like Keenan Allen, I think, is almost impossible, uh, especially where you drafted him and, and, and the game he put up last night. It's just not a. a, a, a of great scenario as you uh, move along in the postseason. But hopefully we can get the job done. Let's move on to the rest of the uh, – moving on with the Raiders side of things. Sorry if we didn't get talked about the Raiders. Derek Carr goes down early with the growing injury. In comes Marcus Mariota. Looked pretty good for the most part on, 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 during the game. Had a couple boneheaded plays that um, – Kind of showed that he wasn't the normal quarterback on a weekly basis. Showed his chemistry with the team maybe is not there because he doesn't uh, get those first first string snaps. Those go to Derek Carr. But for for the most part, I, think, I thought he came in, had a decent job as a backup quarterback. This is why the Raiders brought him in as the backup to Derek Carr. The Raiders are not officially eliminated from the postseason, but it's likely not going to happen with the Raiders sitting at 7-7 seven and seven with what the, the playoff looked like. It was a game I think they had to have if they wanted to make the postseason, and I thought they were going to get it there last night, but they did not get the job done. They do fall to the uh, Chargers 30-27, to and really the only player that I really truly thought kind of uh, exceeded its value last night was Darren Waller, nine catches, 150 yards, and a score. Josh Jacobs because of value of volume, uh, 20 26 carries, but only 76 yards rushing. He did get in the end zone a handful of of receptions as well. Three catches, 38 yards, so uh, by by no means was he a bust, by no means did he blow it out of the water, but because of volume alone, he got there. He reached value for you in your matchups, so if you have Jacobs, and obviously if you have Waller, you're sitting pretty as you move along in the week 15 matchups, and hopefully you can bring it home. So who else are we looking at in this upcoming weekend? Let's break down the rest of the weekend of matchups starting with the Saturday slate. We got a Saturday slate of games, two games, Buffalo and Denver, and follow by the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers starting off with the Broncos and Denver Bron- I'm sorry, starting with the Broncos and the Bills. Josh Allen uh, former kind of uh, in that area went out to Wyoming uh, very close to Colorado there So he's used to the Colorado area. Personally, as a Bronco fan, I was hoping that maybe Josh Allen would be drafted by the Broncos. Did not happen. He's a Buffalo Bill. Got to move on if you're a Bronco fan. But I do love Josh Allen in this matchup. Yes, the Broncos do have a pretty decent defense. They're very good in the red zone. But we know Josh Allen is nearly impossible to stop in the red zone. And the way he's playing this year, he is tossing the ball all over the field. I see Josh Allen have a big game against the Denver Broncos. I think Drew Locke is also a player that we can look at possibly having a pretty decent game against the Bills' defense as well well. Bills are one of the worst defenses in the league against the quarterback position. And We know they give up plenty of yards, plenty of points for opposing teams, so I do think that Drew Locke is possible, a nice option in the two-game slate or the weekend, um, if, if you're playing the entire weekend slate in DFS. There are other options I'd rather go with in, in, in terms of your season-long leagues, if you're talking about postseason, but in terms of DFS on a Saturday slate or even on the all-day slate, I think there are value, uh, there are paths for success for Drew Locke and this offense to have a lot of success against the Buffalo Bills defense on Saturday afternoon, Uh, moving over to the running back position. Kind of a mumbled mix. Um, we got Zach Moss, Devin Singletary kind of split and carries for Buffalo. I don't like either one of those options against the Broncos. Yes, the Broncos are middle of the tier um, defense against a run, but I think that uh, both Moss and Singletary kind of take away from each other. I do like Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon is a, uh, is, is a nice option to play in, in this game. Um, he does have that Q label next to him his name as well, but I like him quite a bit more than uh, Philip Lindsay, and I think he's a fine option in GPPs. Don't know if I trust him in season long. Same thing with, uh, with uh, Drew Locke. I think there's paths for success for Melvin Gordon, but I don't think I trust anybody on the Broncos in terms of our season-long leagues just because it's, this offense is is very inconsistent. It all depends on what Drew Locke does. I do think Drew Locke has a good game, but by no means am I, am I confident in it. So I think all players are DFS players only for me for the Broncos. As for Buffalo, we can look at, uh, obviously, Josh Allen is one of the better quarterbacks on the weekend. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is one of the best wide receivers on the weekend. We can look at Cole Beasley as well. I do like Gabriel Davis quite a bit. In this matchup as well so I think there are plenty of ways to go with Buffalo, but as for Denver, I think they are strictly DFS options for me in large field GPPs, um, not really looking at anybody in season long. Maybe Noah Fant if he's healthy, but that's about the only option I'm looking at on the Broncos in terms of season long. I have the Buffalo Bills beating the Denver Broncos on Saturday afternoon. And closing out the Saturday slate will be the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers. Should be a game that the Packers do kind of handle uh, pretty handily in this game. I do like the Packers. Quite quite a bit in this matchup. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams. We don't have to tell you to start those players. You're going to play all three of those players in all formats. And they're obviously one of the better plays in all formats um, at each one of their positions. I do like Aaron Jones a little bit more this week than the passing game. Last week, I thought it would be an Aaron Jones game. Did not get that way. It was much more of an Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams game, which has been the year all season long. But I do think Aaron Jones is a very elite option to maybe get under owned on that two game slate. We're going to see the, the, the passing uh, for the Carolina Panthers be, a, I mean, I'm sorry, passing for Green Bay be much more popular for that two game slate. So I do like Aaron Jones, who is, for some reason seems to be always under owned. Yes, it's only a two game slate, so we really can't say that there's going to be a kind of a, a, a very low owned type player, especially someone. Of Aaron Jones's caliber, but in terms of all-day slates on Sundays, or if you're playing the entire uh, weekend slate of games, Aaron Jones is always under-owned. I do think he is a fine play in all formats this weekend, and obviously uh, Devonte Adams with Aaron Rodgers one of the better, one of the best combos on the weekend. I also do like uh, Marquette's Val Scantling a little more than Alan Lazard um, for for his his big playability, but for me, it's all about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devonta Adams for the Green Bay Packers. As for Carolina, absolutely love DJ Moore in this matchup. I think DJ Moore is in for a fine game in a game that I think they're going to have to pass the ball obviously to stay um, in in tune with the the Packers. I don't think they can hang with the Packers, but I do think they can put up some points against this Packers defense, and I do like DJ Moore quite a bit on this this offense. Uh, Obviously, with no, sounds like no Christian McCaffrey, so that's going to make Mike Davis a very uh, popular play as well. He should be in for a fine game against the Green Bay Packers, who do give up big plays to opposing running backs, especially those that do catch the ball out of the backfield, and Mike Davis is very good at that. I have the Packers winning on Saturday evening. Um, that'll do it for the two-game slate over there on DraftKings for the Saturday slate, Buffalo, Denver, and Carolina Green Bay. Moving on to the all-day Sunday slate, starting off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta and the Falcons. I think this game's going to be a very fun, high scoring game. I do think Tampa Bay does come out and wins this game, but I think the Falcons are going to kind of hang tight and get some big plays in this matchup. Absolutely love Calvin Ridley in this matchup. I think he's going to be one of the lower owned stud wide receivers. We know with no Julio Jones, we see a lot of targets go the Calvin Ridley's way. I think he's going to be a low owned, maybe possibly GPP winner this weekend. Uh, absolutely love Calvin Ridley against this Buccaneers defense, who on paper looks like they have a really good defense, but they do struggle against those uh, elite option wide receivers and we know Ridley with Julio Jones especially without Julio Jones is one of the better wide receivers in the league and has a very nice chemistry with Matt Ryan as for Matt Ryan uh, Buccaneers do kind of keep opposing quarterbacks in um, uh, under wraps so I think I'm much more likely to go Calvin Ridley and not go uh, Matt Ryan but I don't hate the idea of maybe going Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley. That's my extent for the Atlanta Falcons. Not likely going to uh, go any further than that. I can I can see a way where you maybe play a Russell Gage, maybe you play a Hayden uh, Haydenhurst, but for me it's all about Calvin Ridley, and that's the only way I'm going for the Atlanta Falcons on that in that game. As for Tampa Bay, we're going to see a very popular Leonard Fournette in DFS. He's obviously going to be one of the better plays, obviously in season long as well. With no Ronald Jones, we're going to see plenty of Fournette, but I'm likely going to fade him in DFS. I have uh, a few teams where I'm going to be starting him in season long and I think he's a fine start there but in terms of uh, DFS I think I'm going to fade him because I just think there may be a limit on what uh, what he's going to do in terms of his ceiling and I am much higher on the passing game for Tampa Bay especially if they're going to come low owned like they do on a weekly basis. Tom Brady Chris Godwin, Mike Evans Antonio Brown, I think they're all in play in all formats especially um, in terms of large field GPPs I prefer going Antonio Brown with Tom Brady but I don't hate the idea of going Mike Evans or Chris Godwin as well Maybe even pairing a pair, going with a pair of them with Antonio, um, with uh, Tom Brady, running it back with Calvin Ridley. All of a sudden, if you do get that high scoring game like I think it's going to be in the Tampa Bay Atlanta game, you're starting off the day with a nice little solid floor there with the Tampa Bay and Atlanta game. I have the Buccaneers over the Falcons on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. This is a game I think the Washingtons going to be able to kind of maybe uh, turn a little a few heads. I think Washington's going going to hang with Seattle. I think Seattle is, in, it, 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 that is, is, is that a spot in this game where if they're not careful, Washington could very well come out and, and win this matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. I do think Seattle wins this game, but I think it's going to be a much more closer game. Um, than most people think. I do think Washington's going to get there in terms of the passing game. I do like Terry McLaurin quite a bit in this matchup against Seattle, who is the worst team against opposing wide receivers. As of doing this podcast, it does not sound like Alex Smith is going to be a go. So we're likely going to see Dwayne Haskins. So I don't hate the idea of maybe going Dwayne Haskins and getting him at super low ownership, uh, using his feet. Maybe he kind of shows that maybe... Uh, maybe he wants to show that the Washingtons should not give up on him, so I do think he is a player that I'm going to likely have a, a little exposure to in terms of large field GPPs, and I like him quite a bit with Ty- uh, Terry McLaurin, and I don't hate the idea of going McLaurin without a quarterback as well as one of your one-offs for the Washington football team. As for Seattle... Uh, Russell Wilson's always in play. DK Metcalf's always in play. Tyler Lockett, I think, is always in play. But for me, I like the ground game for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. If Chris Carson is a go, I think he's a fine option as well. Despite Washington having a very good defense, I think Seattle is going to be able to score quite a few points. I just think Seattle is also going to be able to score points in this game as well. This is a very sneaky, high-scoring matchup for me if Washington can indeed keep up with Seattle. Hearing possibly that Rashard Penny might be coming back sooner than later, sounds like he may not be able to go this weekend. Um, uh, Sounds like he's very iffy to happen this weekend. If he can go in this matchup, I think that he is a decent option to maybe look at as a low-owned kind of GPP winner if he can play against the Washington football team. I don't know if I trust him immediately, but he's a player I'm keeping my eye on for the next couple of weeks. And if he can go against Washington, he may be a sneaky option that you can get for the minimum at four thousand over on DraftKings. But uh, but again, if Chris Carson can go, I think Chris Carson is a fine option in all formats, especially over there on Fanduel where uh, receptions aren't as big as they are on DraftKings. I think Chris Carson is a fine option in uh, large field GPPs, and I think he's a fine option as well in season-long leagues. Hearing Antonio Gibson has been doing some work with the running backs. I don't see how he plays in this matchup, um, so we're likely not going to have Gibson, which is going to make, make it uh, uh, J.D. McKissick game as well. I do like him quite a bit as a pass-catching back against Seattle, who, as I talked about, Seattle's going to score points, so Washington's got to do the same, so they're going to have to do the, likely through, do, do it through the air, and McKissick is a very fine pass-catching back out of the backfield, but I do have Seattle winning on Sunday afternoon over the Washington football team. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears head to Minnesota in a big-time division rivalry matchup. And again, another one of those players who I think two players in this matchup can absolutely break a slate on Sunday, and both players are going to be likely super low-owned. We always know Allen Robinson is low-owned in these large-field GPPs. I think it's a mistake. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is, and I think he has a very nice connection with Mitchell Trubisky. I think Allen Robinson is one of my favorite wide receiver plays on the weekend, and I absolutely love Dalvin Cook in this matchup. One of the best running backs in football. We're gonna see a lot of people flock to Leonard Fournette, a lot of people play um, Derrick Henry for good reason. There are gonna be a lot of people that aren't gonna play Dalvin Cook, and I think that's a mistake. I think he has three touchdown upside in this matchup, doing it both on the ground and through the air. I see a big game against the Bears with Dalvin Cook, who are gonna to have to use him in both the ground game and the passing game. To get Get the job done against a defense who I think are, are, are a decent defense in Chicago, but I definitely don't think they're as good as some people think they are. They can be had um, against the ground, especially with a player like Dalvin Cook, and I don't hate the idea of going back to the well <clears throat> with the passing game of Minnesota as well. The rookie phenom, Justin Jefferson, having a fantastic rookie campaign. Adam Thielen, I think he's in, he's in line for a decent game as well. I don't think I would uh, go to double stack in this matchup against the Bears defense, but I don't hate the idea of pairing one of those two with Kirk Cousins and hope for a big game out of the passing game, maybe even running it with Dalvin Cook as well, and running it back with Allen Robinson. That's the way I'm looking at this situation. I have the Vikings over the Bears on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Houston, without, uh, obviously, without um, Mr. Um, will Fuller out, done for the rest of the year due to suspension. Brandon Cooks has that Q label. Is it going to be another Kiki Cootie day? Um, most likely will be, a, a, no matter what happens with Cooks. We're going to see Cootie out there. I don't know if I trust Cooks, if he, even if he is active. Uh, just have a sneaky suspicion that maybe he might be... Uh, maybe active, but not really active in terms of the production he needs to get on the field, and we know the Colts do have a pretty decent pass defense as well. Um, speaking of the Colts, absolutely love T.Y. Hilton. I think we're we're seeing a player that could be a league winner if you're able to hold on to T.Y. Hilton, and as well as still make the playoffs with the dud season that Hilton had heading into the last couple of weeks really. Uh, really did not, didn't do much for this offense, but we're seeing him kind of come back to life and absolutely love him this week against Houston, and I think he may be a league winner as well as a couple other players we'll talk about a little later as league winners as well if you're able to make the playoffs with the the, the down season that that these players had. Now they're starting to come to life when we need them most. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is in for a big game against the Houston Texans on Sunday. I have the Colts over the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Detroit Lions taking on the Tennessee Titans, a game I think Tennessee should be able to handle pretty easily, especially if Matthew Stafford can't go, and if Stafford cannot go, I don't like many options there in that offense. I think we can look at Swift, but I think Swift is obviously a much better play with um, Matthew Stafford. But uh, if if there is no Stafford, it kind of worries me on what Swift's going to do, especially with his coaching staff. He does have a fine matchup against Tennessee's uh, defense, but it all depends on Stafford for me. So I'm not going to talk too much about Detroit. Again, it all relies on what Stafford does. If Stafford does play, I do like Swift quite a bit. If he does not play, I'm going to limit my expectations. I likely will still have shares of Swift in terms of uh, large field GPP. But in, but as for season-long, if you have the other options, I definitely would look those ways if Stafford can go. But if Stafford can go, I think we can start Swift with uh, fairly decent confidence that he'll at least reach value against this bad rush defense for the Tennessee Titans. As for Tennessee, we're in December, so it is Derrick Henry time. He's one of the better plays on any given given. given format any given week in December uh, he should be in for a big game against one of the worst rush defenses in Detroit and I absolutely love A.J. Brown and Corey Davis in this matchup as well don't hate the idea of a full on onslaught of the Tennessee Titans going with the passing game with Derrick Henry maybe in the defense and all uh, an all-out onslaught for Tennessee I have Tennessee winning this game big on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Baltimore Ravens, a game that I think Baltimore should be able to handle fairly easily. Uh, it's been a crazy year, so uh, <laughs> with us saying easily might not happen, but Baltimore is the superior team in this matchup. I think Baltimore's defense is one of the better defenses in play this weekend. Gardner Minshew is going to be likely back in the pocket for the Jacksonville Jags, so I think that the Ravens can get after him for some turnovers, get some sacks. That's what we're looking at for our defense. Don't hate the idea of pairing the Baltimore defense with J.K. Dobbins on Sunday. Don't know how many shares I'm going to have with Lamar Jackson. I just don't think they're going to have to rely on him too much to get the job done, um, much like they did uh, on Monday night, which is a different story. Um, but I, don't, I just don't see Lamar Jackson hitting his ceiling because he won't be asked to do a lot of stuff going on in this matchup. I do think this is a J.K. Dobbins ceiling along with Baltimore, so I absolutely love that stack in GPPs, and I think Dobbins is one of the unknown players. A lot of people don't like to start in in, in season long, but I think he's a fine option in all formats on Sunday. I have Baltimore winning big on Sunday afternoon against the Jags. Next up, we have the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Not a whole lot I'm interested in in this matchup, so I'm not going to talk too much about this game. I think there are options we can look at in terms of season-long leagues. As for DFS, I'm likely going to cross this game completely off. But in season-long leagues, we can look at Maybe if you want to look at Cam Newton, you can. There's a chance this game can be kind of a a, a blow-up cons- uh, potential type of game for Tua and Cam Newton. <clears throat> I like I like other options over both quarterbacks. but I think both quarterbacks are re- are can be looked at if you're desperate for the quarterback position. At running back, no Miles Gaskin. Likely no uh, Ahmed. Uh, Damian Harris has a Q label, so there's a lot of iffy question marks for both teams. And I think the New England Patriots may not be able to. Uh, kind of get the job done at uh, Miami on Sunday. Miami does have a pretty good defense. I'm just not too sold on this game as, as a whole, so I do like the Miami Dolphins beating the knowing the Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have San Francisco taking on Dallas. Another game that I think before the season started, we kind of circled as maybe a potential NFC championship type of matchup with injuries, with the play of players, with COVID, with everything going on. This game has turned into a game that they took off of the flex on Sunday night. Now we're going to get it early in the day at 11 um, a.m., 1 o'clock Eastern time. Not too sold on this game as a whole in terms of DFS or season long. Again, it's, just, it's a lot like the New England-Miami game for me. I think it's a game that can be interesting to watch um, in terms of the players out there, in terms of what's at stake. Dallas wins this game. Washington loses. Giants lose. All of a sudden, Dallas, I think, is a game out of first. So there is a, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Is the Ezekiel Elliott going to play? If Elliott can't go, and it is going to be a Tony Pollard uh, show back there, absolutely love Pollard in all formats. But without the without knowing what's going to happen with Zeke, I don't know if we can trust Pollard. But I think we're seeing Pollard having a better impact with no Dak pre- Prescott, than Zeke. Uh, For a player that was a top four pick uh, heading into the season, Ezekiel Elliott has likely left his team sitting on the sideline in fantasy playoffs. But if you do if you are still alive and you still have Zeke, I think Zeke might be a sit. I have been one of my leagues and I'm not starting. him. Uh, luckily, I do have other options over Zeke, but I think it's just this has not been the year of Zeke. I think I'm looking for, hopefully for Zeke maybe to sit so I can play Pollard in DFS. I absolutely love the spot if he does get the start and gets the majority of the carries against San Francisco. Uh, Raheem Mostert, another, another player heading in the season, was kind of looked at as one of the better options. Um, Injury-plagued season, now he has a key label again. Don't know how, how, how much, if if he does play, how much is he going to play, if he does going to play. Uh, I would like to see, just like Dallas, I think, I'd like to see <coughs> Mostert not play and, and get a little more uh, exposure to Jeff Wilson Jr., who I think is in for a big game, if he is the starting running back. But again, if Mostert is active, I just don't know how much I can trust worth Wilson. Same thing with Pollard, with Zeke. I just don't know how much I can trust at the running back position. As for the wide receivers, Amari Cooper has hit value most weeks this year. I think he's in play in all formats. Uh, Brandy Ayuk, another player uh, heading into the season, a lot of a lot of people are wondering why San Francisco uh, San Francisco said that he was their number one wide receiver on the board in drafts now we're starting to see why Shanahan loved him so much he's a fine option in his offense absolutely love the way he fits in with San Francisco offense, with with what Shanahan wants to do on offense uh, Ayuk is a perfect fit for him absolutely love Ayuk this week and moving forward and especially in Dynasty League I think Ayuk is is an, an elite option in all formats and I think we're starting to see what his upside truly can be so I do think I think Cooper and Ayuk are both playable in all formats on Sunday. That's likely the only way I'm going to be going in this game. And again, if we don't get most dirt, I like Jeff Wilson quite a bit. And if we don't get Ezekiel Elliott, I absolutely love Tony Pollard on Sunday afternoon. But I have the Dallas Cowboys beating the 49ers on Sunday afternoon. Only three games late in the day. Again, I wish the NFL would play more games in the afternoon. These three-game slates with all the games playing in the morning are kind of silly in my opinion. Excuse me. But the first game we're going to talk about is Jets and Rams. This is one of my conviction plays. I think a player, Cam Akers, is a player I'm going to have a lot of exposure to. Looks like he's going to be low-owned in DFS, and I think that's a mistake. I think he is showing that he is the best back in the Rams' offense. Uh, Last few weeks, he's gone absolutely bonkers for the Rams. This is a fine matchup for them against the Jets' defense. Absolutely love Cam Akers and the Rams' defense as a stack. I will have plenty of shares of both. I don't hate the idea of going with an onslaught of the Rams, like we talked about Baltimore, going with uh, um, uh, Jared Goff, one of the receivers, Cam Akers, and maybe the defense. I prefer Cooper Cup to Robert Woods this week, but I, I think both players are in play. And I don't hate the idea of maybe even going with the double stack and, instead of going at Cam Akers using one of the tight ends or both wide receivers. Or maybe even going the triple stack and hope that maybe the Jets can score a little bit against this Rams defense. <clears throat> I don't see it happening, but I do see the Rams putting up a lot of points on the Jets. I have L.A. winning big over the Jets on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, I don't have very many plays at all that I'm going to be starting on the Jets, so I'm not going to talk much about them. Um, if you have any questions on the Jets, let me know. But as in terms of DFS or season long, the Jets are kind of a mark-off, in my opinion, this week against a very good Rams defense. Again, I have the Rams over the Jets big on Sunday afternoon. Next up, Philadelphia and the Arizona Cardinals. We have Kyler Murray taking on Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. Very impressed on what we saw out of... Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts last week in his first start got things going for Miles Sanders so I think again we can go back to maybe trusting Miles Sanders a little more than we have in the weeks past. I think there still is a little caution for, for Sanders but I think he's a much better play with um, uh, Hurts than he was with Carson Wentz which is crazy to say. But I do like Jalen Hurts, and I do like both tight ends. I like Goddard and Ertz, if I'm talking about the uh, pairing him in a stack. I don't think I'm going to be going Rager route. I do think there are some big games in... The future for Rager, don't know if it's going to happen this year or maybe it's going to happen next year. I did think it's going to happen this year with Rager. I thought Rager was one of the better rookie wide receivers, but I think Wentz kind of didn't look his direction, didn't get going. This offense was kind of stuck in the mud. Maybe Hurst can get it going, but I think I would rather go with the uh, using one of my tight end position, at a thin tight end position than going with the wide receiver like Rager when there's some fine options, elite options at the wide receiver position this week in DFS. I like Hertz paired with one of his tight ends. I like a little bit of Miles Sanders. As for Arizona, one of my favorite stacks is Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Looks like everybody knows I was big on um, Chase Edmonds as the better back than Kenyon Drake. Looks like I'm wrong. It is Kenyon Drake's uh, job there in Arizona. He looks like the better play over Chase Edmonds. Um, But I'm likely not going to have shares of either one of those in DFS. But I think Drake is a fine option season-long for your playoffs as well. I have Arizona in a very entertaining game against Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon. And finally, for the Sunday during the day slate, we will close with possibly the game of the weekend, Kansas City and New Orleans, a game that I think is going to be very entertaining. We know New Orleans uh, brings it at home. We know what Kansas City is. It's one of my favorite game stacks. Uh, If you're playing DFS, obviously Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are very expensive. I like the idea of going a game stack and going with Patrick Mahomes at the Kansas City side of things and hope he spreads it around to everybody on offense and running it back with both Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. Yes, Alvin Kamara is back in our lives now that we have Drew Brees back. Uh, No more Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. And if something does happen to um, Drew Brees, hopefully they bring in Jameis Winston. We know that Kamara cannot have uh, a ceiling success with Taysom Hill. So thank you for having Drew Brees back. We get Kamara back to smashing on a weekly basis, hopefully. So I absolutely love the game stack of Patrick Mahomes with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's the way I'm looking at Lynn. That situation on three players that I think are maybe three of the best players in the league. At maybe a couple of those players getting lower ownership than maybe they should be. But now that we're getting Drew Brees uh, news that he's going to start, I think he's going to raise the ownership to Kamara. But I thought Kamara was going to come in super low owned with Taysom Hill. But now obviously with Drew Brees, those numbers are likely going to move up a little bit. But there are some other running backs that people may go for, so we may get Kamara still a little bit lower than maybe he should be, but definitely a little closer to where he. a lot higher than what he was with Taysom Hill. Again, Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. That's the way I'm handling that game there. Don't hate the idea if you want to try to go uh, Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill um, and or Travis Kelsey. But if you do that, you can like, most likely cannot run it back with one of the stud wide receivers or running back for New Orleans. I just like to get any piece of this game as I can. I think it would be a very high-scoring, entertaining game. I have the Chiefs over New Orleans on Sunday afternoon. And on Sunday night, excuse me, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Giants. Not a whole lot of interest I have in this game. Uh, Sounds like we may not have Daniel Jones' matchup, which I think is going to make it even uh, more of a game for the Browns to kind of have a lot of success in. I just don't know how competitive the Bru- Giants can be against the Browns, and Browns have looked really good last couple weeks. Actually, for the entire season, this Browns team has kind of showed me that they are a very good team, and it's crazy once Odell Beckham went down, this Browns offense kind of started to explode a little bit. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, both great options against this Giants defense, but I likely not going to have too many shares of anything in this matchup, but I do like both running backs um, for the Browns. Likely not going to touch anything on the Giants side of things. Maybe Sterling Shepard if we get Daniel Jones, but likely we won't have that news until later Sunday. Sunday afternoon um Evan Ingram I think also now has a questionable label so how much how much of an impact is he going to have don't really know so for me I think it's all Chubb all Kareem Hunt that's the way I'm looking at the situation and don't hate the idea of the Browns defense as well I have the Browns over the Giants on Sunday evening and then we will close with Monday Night Football Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals they kick off Christmas week We'll talk about this game much more on Monday's podcast, but I do like the Steelers to kind of hang one big on the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of injuries for the Bengals. Steelers are the much better team off of a couple losses in a row, I believe, for Pittsburgh. So I think they bounce back very nicely, but I don't know how much they're going to have to be uh, asked to throw the ball. So I do think it might be a James Conner game <clears throat> excuse me. against a defense in Cincinnati <clears throat> excuse me, that I think can be had. I have the Steelers winning big on Monday evening. And again, I'll have much more of this Met game on Monday's podcast when we talk about the single-game slate over there for the Monday night game. That'll do it for today's podcast. Hope you guys hung in with me, got the job done uh, with me clearing my throat, uh, over talking, all that kind of good stuff. Hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope you have a good weekend. Hopefully, you're still alive in your fantasy playoffs. If you're listening to this podcast, you likely still are alive. Hopefully, we can get that job done and you can continue to move along in your foot postseason playoffs. That's what we're trying to do keep you alive in your postseason playoffs. That's what we want to do. We want to bring home those trophies. Have a great weekend. Good luck in your matchups. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. We'll answer any questions up until kickoff on Sunday or Saturday. We have Saturday football as well. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Football, football, football. We're getting closer to postseason. We are in our fantasy postseason. Have a great weekend. Good luck. And if you have not followed us on Twitter, please give follow. We are at Fan Genius. We are at Fantasy Football underscore genius underscore on Instagram. And our website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. I'm out. Talk to you guys later. Peace.